Welcome to Puppet Hunt Radio with Lane and Matt. Matt and Lane. Matt and Lane. We have a, I guess a... I'm Matt. I'll call it a special sequential hiccup order Mm -hmm. surprise for our episodes here. We had our hands on Double Talk Part 2, and it is now missing. Of course, we've run into this problem before. I would say misplaced. I did want to note that it has... Not been thrown away. I have been promised. Mm-hmm. That is a promise. I'm I have recording a lot that. of records. They're all uh, mostly in order. Okay. And I remember I put it on the microwave, and then I started listening to my Tito Puente albums. And then uh, next thing I know, I was hungry and cooked a burrito. That's the last I saw of it. That's very different from the original explanation okay. as far as why it's missing. Well, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm remembering things as we speak. And I'm, I'm trying to get to a calm, centered place about it because yeah, the sage thing. there are things that you can... Uh, I ran into him, by the way. Oh, good. At Stater Brothers. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So. I, I like the incense you're burning in here, too. It makes a nice, fragrant scent. Very calming. Yes, it is, it's saving me. Well, I'll just let the fans know if you're expecting Double Talk Part 2, uh, just hold your horses. Not today. It's not going to happen today. We have the... That's the bad news. I'm going to call it the bad news. The good news is Matt and I have reached an agreement that we will not delve into what he calls blame and I call responsibility. So we have what to me is a priceless trove potentially in your attic. Potential trove. Got plenty of time to go through it. If we have a schedule, you don't want to do the schedule, I know. Mm -hmm. But if we did have a schedule, you could say, okay, I'm going to get this portion. Like you could do it in fractions is what I'm saying. I'm not good with math. I'll maybe draw You're getting flummoxed again. All right. uh, Well, let's just dive right in. What we have here is uh, part one of an episode called The Left-Handed Quist. Did you say pork one? No, part, part, part and parcel. Is the incense making you a little like... Yeah, this is really cloudy in okay, here. It's I'm, getting very cloudy. I, starting to get... I can tell it's starting to affect your larynx. I'm not able to. Maybe it's an allergy. Yeah, all right. So we have a little bit of fan... Oh, great. ...content, I yeah. guess. Uh, an anonymous person mailed us a $5 bill. Thank with you. a sticky note that said, baffling. Yep. I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, we was kind of... I mean, I guess there's multiple interpretations since there was no other context. I, uh-huh. I know we mentioned on one of the episodes that we did invest, I invested in the in the baffling that yeah, you're that was all you. hearing right now. And maybe they're just trying to reimburse us. Maybe. Or perhaps we're rewarding us for, right. you know, not being clear on what the show is about. Right. Do I you wanna, think it's probably the first one. Do you want to reload the what the whole premise of the show is? The premise of the show is that we've uh, discovered a potential trove as as per our agreement, that is in my attic that will be gone through according to this legal document that I am reading from. Uh, Puppet Hunt, the 1946 through 52 series featuring the dynamic rock handy who solves all the crimes through sleuthing and stealth. And his sidekick, uh, Nick Salmon, along with the various puppets, um, here too. What does well, this you say? don't have to go on to the rest of that. That's fine. That's okay. fine. So yeah. So that. Well, I signed it. 
The one thing I wanted to mention is, and because it kind of got a little um, off kilter in the last episode. Dicey. We, we gave, uh, you like calling it dicey, I will go with dicey. We had kind of a revelation of sorts that, that Matt's attic and house may have been the original source of all of these materials, that the original impetus for the show actually was just something that he uncovered and thought got mailed to him. Mm-hmm. And it's not clear, but in case that it is the case, in case it is the case, that's that sounds right. like a detective thing no, that's to say, right. right? The case of the case. In the case of the case that case of the missing case. That well, would be great. There, well, or yes, the misunderstood addict. For Double Talk Part One, we reached out. And we had a segment of the show where we gave out Matt's home address. That was a mistake. And you, well, yeah, you deleted it from the final broadcast. Yeah, so, I can... and I know you keep getting the blank VHS at the I'll PO box. PO box, yeah. Right, you get it to the PO box, but then people aren't going to know where you live. So, what we're trying to do is track down the anybody who might have lived at Matt's house, mm-hmm. and he. Let's put in a fake address. Doesn't want me. Well, that's the whole thing. Is that you said you don't want them. To right. know the city that you're living in, either. No, no. Okay, can we say mail. that it's Southern California? Is mm, that too? That's that, okay. You that's can leave okay. That in. All right, it's in Southern California, not San Diego. Let's put it that way. That's All right, that narrows it down a little bit. Dicey. Not. We don't want to say too many knots because then they'll know which one it is. Not Santa Barbara. Fair enough. Okay, we're. I. Not Pomona. I did get pre-approval on saying that Matt has a house that is on the corner. It is vintage. You said it was okay to describe you it as a call vintage, it vintage house. Not antique. Okay, so if you sold a house in the last seven years. Yeah, call us. Tweet in. And it was to Matt. Are we giving out your last name still? No, are, now you're getting dicey. Are we we're not giving out your last name? No, we should I think do that. that's on stuff. That's oh, on stuff it? online. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to say it because you'll probably edit this out okay. anyway, but his last name is Key, first name Matt. If you sold a house to Matt Key in the last seven years and it was on the corner... Let me just summarize because this is very complicated. Trove, puppet hunt material, house on a corner, not Pomona, not San Diego, Southern California. These are all things that lead you to the clue. This is a mini mystery for our listeners. Uh, if you left the trove in the attic of a house that I'm not going to say where it is, and you sold it to me, and my last name is Key, send us an email, a post, an Instagram, and we'll re- return your postage. All right, so I know that's a long shot. I just want to throw it out there. One in a million. One in a million, but you know, if you don't dream, then you can't wake up. You can't wake up if you don't go to sleep. All right, I'm sure the audience is chomping or champing at the bit champing at the which bit. is appropriate because there are horses in this I, yeah really episode oh, i haven't heard it yes well this will be good they're alluded to ladies and gentlemen the left-handed quist part one February in the city of Large Neck, when the fog can roll in so thick they call it a clam chowder. Whether you're a motorist or a ship captain, that can spell danger. But early this morning, for the customers and employees of Third National Bank, this clam chowder spells crime. sir is it now is fog good young man personally i'm not so sure mind you 
The advection fog associated with the large neck basin could not hold a proverbial candle to the hoary broom of San Francisco, gateway to the west. I- I- excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Did you say hoary broom, sir? Yes, broom. B R U M E. From Latin bruma, for winter. Uh, how may we help you today, sir? Raymond P. Grimes, master of ceremonies for countless occasions and storied ventriloquist, retired. Customer since aught nine. Thank you, sir. Uh, I'll have you know I'm here today to procure my safe deposit box regarding a matter of the familial sort. Have you a brother, sir? Yes, sir. Um, have Aught you nine as in 1909. Customer, since 1909. Yes, sir. Um, have you the key on your person today, sir? Well, now, you see, that's the very reason I wish to speak to you this brumous morning. Through circumstances of a most unlikely sort involving my youngest brother and a set of nickel-plated cufflinks once belonging to Civil War General <gasps> Look out! He's got a gun! All right, this is a holdup. Nobody moves and nobody gets hurt. Quists, put those puppets over your head where I can see them. This won't take long. All right, cashiers, open those tills. You're going to fill the satchel on the double. Well, now, as I was saying, uh, Ambrose Burnside, namesake of the Sideburn. Hey, pipe down over there. Yes, uh, yes, certainly. Oh, and one more thing, in case any of you's got doubts about a puppet being willing and able to squeeze the trigger on a Tommy gun, here's your answer. This is Puppet Hunt. File of Facts 48-S-3, Left-Handed Quist, Entry 1, Nick Salmon speaking. I start the day like any other by getting my typing fingers nice and limber. But just as I'm about to finish my morning practice page, the police frequency starts crackling. Red Hot, 402, Red Hot, 402, Quist and Puppet Suspects on the Lamb. Consider them armed and dangerous. Oh, how about that, Rock? Sounds like we've got ourselves a live one. We're not cops, Salmon. A bank robbery is their rig, top to bottom. Well, I guess, but how many times is a puppet used in the furtherance of a crime? You'd be surprised. Chief Blonson Williams is really up a creek now. Yeah, not a respectable quist left on the force. Uh, Maybe we could take this one on pro bono. Huh? Well, a case like this could lead to some real action. Maybe even a new client. Ah, let the cops sort this one out. Besides, I'm getting hungry. 
Say, Rock, how about we settle our differences over this delicious checkerboard cake I baked this morning? Ah, I love checkerboard cake. Wait, you baked it yourself? <laughs> uh, yes, although I certainly had some help in a big way from new Swiftening brand shortening. Why, it's, it's so high, light, and handsome. Go ahead, try a slice. Mmm, talk about moist. Did you say Swiftening brand shortening? Yes, all the credit goes to Swift's new shortening brand, Swiftening. But I've always heard the fluffiest cakes were made with good old-fashioned lard. Oh, get with the times, Rock. Good cooks are switching to Swiftening, a wholly new kind of shortening. So different, so superior, it works kitchen miracles. Mm, Swiftening really brings out the flavor. That's because the food fats used are carefully selected and highly refined. Put simply, snowy white Swiftening outperforms all other shortenings. Mm, mm, I think I'll have another slice. Oh, hold on. How's the digestibility? Eat as much as you want, Rock. Swiftening's the most digestible shortening you can buy. That sensational statement is made with no exceptions. Flakier pies, perfect quick mix cakes, and better fried foods. Swiftening gives you digestibility plus. Swift scientists work for 20 years to perfect it. There's no other shortening like it. Swiftening is superb in all recipes. It's extra nutritious and needs no refrigeration. So different. It's making food history, Rock. And lastly, folks, when you fry with Swiftening, there's no off odors or flavors. So why not pick up your own can on your grocer's shelves today? A checkerboard cake like that one can turn a crabby man into a curious one in a flash. Rock and I make our way to the police station, where quists from all over Large Neck are being rounded up for questioning. Police Chief Williams! Police Chief Williams! Yes, what is it? Buddy Bozeman from the Daily Flu! Make it quick, son. Today's heist makes three of a kind. Have you made any arrests yet? We're not taking any questions on that right now. This case is too hot. Local hot or regional hot? Unhand me, officer. Hey, easy over there. Yeah, keep your hands to yourself. Where do you want these two, Chief? In the tank with the rest of them. A lady quist getting questioned? Oh, hi, Mr. Salmon. Things are topsy-turvy, all right, but the bank robber is said to be left-handed, and so's that lady quist. Hey, Blonson. What are you doing, rounding up every lefty in town? Rock Handy? Ah, you got no business being down here. Why don't you try police work instead? As I recall, you're a southpaw yourself, Handy. Penmanship, boxing, and throwing. You're lucky I don't toss you in with the rest of them. You're kidding, right? You got an alibi, right? Uh, excuse me, Chief Williams. I can vouch for his whereabouts, sir. Uh, Mr. Handy and I were at the office in a... Save your breath, Butternut. I don't need no alibi. All right, all right, but clear out, Handy. Armed robbery is a legitimate crime. No place for a couple of private dicks. 
We're here on behalf of a client, a legitimate one. Oh yeah? What's the name? Private and confidential. Uh, we got real work to do here, Handy. You see that exit? You can go nice and polite, or I can have my boys toss you out. Yeah, yeah, keep your shirt on. But I'll bet you a steak dinner. We solved this one before you do. Forget it. This is a municipal case, Handy. Keep your schnoz out of official police business. Uh, Chief Williams! Uh, Chief Williams! How many mortgages did he take this time? No comment. Chief Williams, uh, final question. There's a rumor that the puppet does all the talking. Is that true? Oh, and all the shooting. Chief Williams, can you confirm that? No comment. Show him the door, boys. All right, all right, take it easy. We're leaving. Chief shine, Chief Williams? And take Buddy Bozeman with you. What a chump. That's no way to treat a street orphan. Ah, oh, no need to worry about me, Mr. Handy. Rough and tumble is all part of being a proud member of the fourth estate. Did you say the robber took a stack of farm foreclosures? He demands them during the heist, rather than his puppet does. No one's losing their homestead today, he says. Then he says he's gonna burn them. Destroying the deeds makes them no longer valid. Yes, sir. Those particular farmers will now own their homesteads free and clear. I suppose that's why some folks go all gastromantic when they talk about it, Mr. Salmon. A puppeted Robin Hood. With a machine gun. <laughs> Say, who's your client, Mr. Salmon? Off the record, of course. Well, the truth is, buddy, we don't exactly have one yet. But Mr. Handy said... Mm-hmm, yeah. You see, buddy, sometimes a detective has to invent a story to put another man, like Blonson, in his place. Oh, that's too bad. I, I was hoping we could investigate this one side by side, maybe solve it on our own together. The kid reporter and the person he admires most in the whole world, Mr. Rock Handy. Say, I know somebody who might want to hire private detectives. Regarding these bank robberies? Oh, yes, sir. Mr. Sheridan Dundee. Never heard of him. The president of Third National Bank of East Large Neck. Oh, that's him, all right. Mr. Dundee's awful worried there's going to be more heists. And he says the only thing Chief Williams can catch is a cold. <laughs> Write that down, Butternut. Maybe you could introduce us to him, buddy. Oh, sure thing, Mr. Salmon. Wait a minute. How does a street kid like you wind up rubbing elbows with a bank president? Oh, I exercise his thoroughbreds and, and groom him. Oh, Mr. Dundee has some of the finest brood mares in the county. Brood mares? Mares. He breeds them. Breeds mares? Mares. Female horses, Rock. Mares. Oh, Mayors, Try and work on your pronouncing of things, buddy. Oh, sure thing, Mr. Handy. Oh, if you excuse me, I better hustle. I gotta turn in my copy for the Daily Flume. Uh, do you need a lift, buddy? Oh, it's awful nice of you, Mr. Salmon, but I could use the exercise. I'll be sure to ask Mr. Dundee if he wants to hire some private eyes. Oh, I'll tell him you're the best in the business. You have the Buddy Bozeman cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye, promise. 
Yeah, that's great, kid. See you in the funny papers! Oh, what do you think, Rock? Pretty obvious. He doesn't know how to say things right, because he's been skipping school all the time. I mean, what do you make of the case? Do you suppose we might get this client and maybe even solve it ahead of the police? Ha! <laughs> yeah, solve it first. That should tick Blonson off till the crowds come home. Out on the street, I learned self-described local legend Ray Grimes was eyewitness to the bank holdup. Gleaning actual facts from him, however, nearly fills up two whole dictabelts. And yes, while lesser known today, Volney Davis was an associate of one Mr. John Dillinger. Now, Mr. Davis was quite notorious in his time for finagling a leave of absence while serving a life sentence for murder. A leave of absence, mind you, from which he never returned. Because, you see, Mr. Davis was, it turns out, the boyfriend of Edna Rabbit's Murray, well known for being a tough dame, as they say. Now, this pair, in contrast to the more storied Bonnie and Clyde. Say, I notice you fiddling with your recording device. Everything in order? Oh, oh well, Mr. Grimes, this is a Time Master dictaphone. It uses a, a dictabelt to make a permanent record that's admissible in court. Yes, yes. And, and I, I just thought to engage the neutral lever because we seem to be getting rather far afield at the moment. All right. Uh, very well, then. You're wanting to know specifically about the recent heist. Switch your contraption back on there and I will proceed. Now, as for this thief, it's seldom easy catching a leisureist. Oh, what exactly is that? A, a leisureist? An amateur, not a professional performer. Well, how could you tell? He's left-handed. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. That's right. You're something of a, a large-neck virgin, I'm told. Why, well, I, I guess. Now, there's certainly nothing wrong, in my view, with being a southpaw, but audiences find it unnatural. Upsetting, even. Well, I see. Of course, in Paris, France, I hear all manner of quiz perform on stage, including left-handed ones. But here in Large Neck, certain ventriloquiles would walk out, I'm afraid. This could be a long shot, but do you think the quist might be ambidextrous? Uh, I had thought of that as well. Uh, yet I still didn't recognize the puppet's voice whatsoever. And as Large Neck's most decorated master of ceremonies, rest assured, I would have. No, this bandit is without question. A leisureist. And I understand the puppet did all the talking. Yes, and he was also commandeering the submachine gun the whole time. Most impressive. How exactly could a quist be able to pull that off? A uh, mechanism inside the puppet, I imagine. A block and tackle pulley, possibly a jigger. If so, he knows his way around a sailing ship. A sailing ship? Yes, the jigger. This fellow is a clever one, mechanically and as pertains to municipal law. 
How is that? You see, if a puppet is the one firing the gun, the quist can only be charged as an accessory. That's most interesting. So our quist knows the law, or at least an important loophole. And according to the Daily Flume, he wears a mask. No, not a mask. Neckerchiefs, some might say, with a nod to the great stagecoach and train robbers of wild western yore. Neckerchiefs, plural. You, you mean the puppet wears one as well? Certainly. Think about it, Detective. The Quist is operating that mechanism to control the machine gun. With the puppet's mouth covered, he doesn't have to operate the jaw at the same time. Just needs to turn the dowel for general head movements. Attention all cars. What in heaven's name? Red hot, 4-0-2. Oh, that's the police frequency. Red hot, 4-0-2. Oh, this, this could be him again. No, it couldn't be. Cannery District. Cantor's Tackle and Traps. Lester in his early 30s. You see, a Lester. Sandy colored hair, 5-6. And a rather diminutive one. Suspect last seen heading north on Basswood. How do they already know his name? No, that's not his name. Lester is a colloquial term for a man who is not a quist. As it happens, this one is the exact same height as Martin Van Buren. Oh, well, let me write this down. But, of course, taller than James Madison. A non-quist is called a Lester. Oh, no, don't say it like that. It's Lester, not Lester. Oh, spelled the usual way? Yes. Lester. No, you simply mustn't say it like that. Oh, unless you're wanting to upset people. No, sir. I, I, I can practice it later, I suppose. How did you know that radio call wouldn't be the bank robber? Well, you see, I may be the only man in town who has noticed this little concurrence. But our bank robber strikes under one condition, and one condition solely. When the downtown is banked in with a clam chowder. Oh, that's the, the thickest kind, I understand. Yes, and for the sake of your recording device, I will say out loud what you can plainly see through your window. Not a wisp of fog this morning. So you think that's his signature move, a clam chowder getaway. Oh, without question, Detective. He can disappear in a matter of seconds. I suspect the next advection fog that comes rolling into Large Neck, a left-handed quist, will strike again. Entry 2. Rock Handy speaking. I wake up hungry to take on this bank robbing case. So Nix and I start wearing out shoe leather downtown in search of Buddy Bozeman. Say, Rock. What is it? Oh, well, we're on minute 27 of our search, and uh, I was just thinking if we don't run into Buddy, we could... Oh, don't you think we could just call the bank president directly? I already thought of that, Salmon. We don't know the man's name. Well, it's, uh, Sheridan Dundee. Nah, that doesn't sound right. Well, I'm quite certain I have it correct. Oh, yeah? You wrote it down? Well, 
Not exactly. Aha! Uh -huh. Well, I've seen his name in the papers. Uh, if you want, we can consult the phone book under Third National Bank of East Large Neck. Nah, you don't want to go in cold. First, we need the skinny on that bank president. How come that little motor mouth is never around when you need him? Should we check the train depot next? It's a couple of blocks up ahead. Ah, uh, forget it. I'm getting blisters. I suppose I should have said something earlier, but I only called the Daily Flume on Buddy's whereabouts. Huh? Well, uh, perhaps I should have called the other two papers. Nah, that kid's strictly a fish rap reporter. Oh, better write this down. The Flume is a fish rap paper. Trombone is not. What do you mean? Sure it is. No, uh, okay. Uh, the trombone is a fish wrap. Yeah, the flume more so. But say all you got is the bone lying around. Of course, that's what you're going to wrap your snapper in. Oh, oh, actual fish wrapping. I, I thought you were talking about the quality of their reportage. What about the euphonium? Hmm, that's a doily. But uh, a doily? Yeah, if you're the type that reads the euphonium... You don't wrap your fish in newspaper. Uh, oh, okay. What, what, well, what I'm trying to ask is, uh, does Buddy also work for the euphonium? Huh. You're kidding me, right? They'd never let a street orphan write copy for them. Oh, okay. Uh, Buddy only sells the euphonium, does not write for the... Work on your memory skills, Salmon. Then you won't have to write everything down all the time. Oh, oh all right. Uh, practice memory... No! Skill. Don't write that down, too. Well, seemed like a good idea. Just one last note while I'm at it. Ah, uh, he's nowhere on the boulevard today. I tell you, if that kid wants to help us with any more cases, he's got to get an office. Well, he could use ours, Rock. We're not running a charity, Salmon. Well, how about an inbox tray, at least? I guess, if it's on your desk. And maybe a check-in schedule if we need him to run an errand for us. Oh, it's already getting too complicated. Let him solve his own office problems. Wait, I, I, I think I hear him. Limited edition of the trombone! You're kidding me. Stack smolders under Bifurcate Bridge! After all the hassle and blisters, he's standing right in front of our office. Euphonium exclusive! Purloin mortgages found in ashes! Hey, kid. Oh, there you are. Uh, shoe shine, Mr. Handy? Not today. What are you doing here? Well, I'm here to see you, Mr. Handy. What? Where'd you get that idea? When I dropped off your milk bottles this morning, I said I was heading out to the Dundee estate to see Mr. Dundee. And you told me to meet you back at your office at 9 a.m. sharp. Why, it's nearly 11, buddy. Been waiting all this time? Oh, proudly, Mr. Salmon. I figured you two were busy working on a case. So I kept myself useful by hawking papers and shining shoes. That's good business, too. Well, what did Mr. Dundee have to say? I'm pleased to report Mr. Sheridan Dundee says he's most eager to talk to you. Even asked that I bring you out with me tomorrow morning when I ride his thoroughbreds. You're going to find him fair and square as an employer, Mr. Salmon. I can vouch for that. Oh, boy, there goes Mr. Chase Perkins. i got to get a fresh quote from him. Mr. Perkins! Mr. Perkins! Oh, buddy, look out! Mr. Perkins! Mr. Perkins! Oh, careful there, son. You almost got yourself run over. Buddy Bozeman, society page for the euphonium. Have you been assigned to the case? 
Say, you're a, a little young, uh, even for a cub reporter, aren't you? Oh, it's catch as catch can, Mr. Perkins. Qu'est-ce que ça signifie? Oh, that's an American phrase, Pierre. It means he works wherever he finds it. Ah, sagasma play. Oh, your puppet doesn't speak English? Well, now, Pierre understands the language, but he prefers to communicate in his native French. Qui sont ces deux polichinelles? I'll find out, Pierre. He wants to know who these two gentlemen are. Oh, this is Mr. Handy and Mr. Salmon. Good day, gentlemen. Uh, one of you must be his guardian. A swing and a miss. That kid's a street orphan. Oh, I, I see. Yep, pulling myself up by my own bootstraps and at your service as a proud member of the free press, sir. Where's Pierre from, exactly? He's a French-Canadian. Précisément, je suis fier de vous dire que je suis originaire du Québec. Oh, that's dynamite! And our lady readers want to know more about you, Mr. Perkins. Oh, your lady readers? Don't you get the euphonium? Sure, but uh, I must have missed that item. Oh, ever since you arrived, you've been declared one of Plutewalk County's most eligible bachelors. Je l'avais dit. I'm not even sure what that means, one of the most eligible bachelors. Especially when you were spotted sharing a malt with Miss Dawson Dundee. Are you two an item? Miss Dundee and I are merely acquaintances. Uh, now, if you'll excuse me, I do need to have a word with Police Chief Williams. Oh, are you on the case, Mr. Perkins? Has it gone regional hot? Well, it's local hot, no question. Could go regional hot. Golly, what a scoop! Oh, thanks, Mr. Perkins. Au revoir. Well, who is that fellow, buddy? Oh, it's Mr. Chase Perkins, the new state agricultural crimes inspector. A farm cop with a foreign puppet. Yep, and with that left-handed quest out there invalidating homesteads, oh, this town is a tinderbox. One spark, and it'll all go regional hot! On the way back to the office, I stop in at Krelm's Barbershop. Midway through my afternoon shave, Frank happens to have his straight razor right at my throat. Uh, that clam chowder's really rolling in. Folks say that's when the left-handed quist appears. Nah, too late in the day, Frank. He only strikes in the early morning. All right, you're the detective. Whoa, sounds like trouble. Oh, good thing you have a steady hand, Frank. It's the bank on the corner. Another holdup. Hey, where you going? You're only half shaved. Yeah, keep the change, pal. Be careful, Rock. <laughs> Anybody seen him? Hey, you, where'd they go? That way. They just disappeared in the fog. Ah, <sighs> uh, lost him. Couldn't see your own puppet in this clam chowder. I wouldn't be so sure about that, Handy. Jerry? Jerry! You're back! To help out your old partner! What? You can't say hello first? Oh. Uh, how are you doing? Not so good after the cannery, you know. When you let go of me. Uh, yeah. I got boinked to a crisp. That didn't feel so good. 
Uh, at least you can still visit. I'm sure, as a puppet geist. I tell you, I'm not so crazy about the afterlife, Handy. What's the matter? If you got talent, there's a lot of performing. Three shows a night, and you only get Sundays off. Oh, well, who's your partner? Ah, you never heard of him. He's from the golden age of ventriloquy. But he's no Fred Russell, if you know what I mean. So, uh, what do you make of this case? The left-handed quist, huh? Ah, you're in deep on this one. Maybe that farm cop. Throws right, though. Yeah. Look, find out if he's secretly left-handed. Uh, handy. Jerry? Jerry! Freeze! Police! Uh, you gotta be kidding me, Risotto. <laughs> Rock handy? What are you doing walking around like a quist in this fog? What do you mean, walking around like a quist? You know, with your arms straight up at the elbow like he was holding a puppet. I was not. Only you don't have a puppet no more, do you, Reginald? Watch yourself. Hey, how come part of your face is shaved and the other part ain't? Step back, would you? I don't want to smell what you had for lunch. <laughs> uh, oyster loaf again, eh? And stale coffee. I'm used to seeing you with the four o'clock shadow. <laughs> now, now it looks more like a quarter to four. <laughs> Only it's not even 2.30 yet, genius. Hey, rookie, come check out Handy's shave. Quarter to four shadow. <laughs> Step aside, I've got detective work to do. Walk around me. Move, fathead. Better watch your mouth, Handy. I got orders to bring in any left-handed trillos I see. What'd you call me? You heard what I said. Say it again, smart guy. Trill low. That's it. You're going down to the station for formal questioning. Bracelets? You can't be serious, Risotto. I've got an ironclad alibi. Not for assaulting an officer of the law, you don't. In the back, Handy. He's good to go, boys. Rock Handy under arrest. Another bank robbed. More mortgages likely to be burned. Tune in tomorrow for the action-packed continuation of The Left-Handed Quist, Part 2. Hi, folks. Raymond P. Grimes speaking. Is your hair dry? Unruly? Hard to handle? Then use Krelm hair tonic. Krelm not only keeps hair neat as a pin, it also removes dandruff flakes, relieves itching of dry scalp, leaves scalp feeling so clean. Oh, yes, sir. Buddy Bozeman here, and most eager to tell everyone Krelm Hair Tonic does lots more than keep hair handsome looking. What wife or sweetheart likes her man's hair plastered down with greasy goo? Krelm keeps hair neatly groomed, yet never looks greasy, never leaves any rancid, greasy odor. 
Oh, that's right, Mr. Grimes. Crown hair tonic always feels and smells so clean on both hair and scalp. Yes. Crown goes in for more natural-looking hair grooming. It never cakes hair down, never feels sticky or gummy. Crown leaves the hair feeling so much softer, more pliable. Use it daily for a cleaner scalp, for better groomed hair. Well, that was quite an action-packed finale. Mm-hmm. Yep, left-handed action. What'd you think? Uh, good. I liked it good. The brumus. I'd like to bring that term up. I had a feeling that you would be attracted to that word. What is that about, huh? I've never heard it before, but Ray Grimes spelled it for us. Yeah. I've noticed, speaking of spelling, I think there's spelling in almost every episode of this hmm. series. What other spelling? Nix likes to spell things a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to have people's names spelled correctly. Oh, right. There's, There's even note taking. And a corollary to that is the whole importance word. of pronouncing things correctly. You oh. Know, Nix mispronounces Lester, uh-huh. apparently. I couldn't quite hear Rock the Candy says something about the pronouncing. Yeah, he reprimands Buddy for mispronouncing mares. Yeah. But it sounded like he was off a little bit on his pronunciation. But it maybe it's a regional yeah. could be a regional pronunciation. You just misheard. I had a question. Is digestibility a word? That was my question. No, wait, that's from the commercial, right? Yes, that's from the commercial. From uh uh what's it called? Crown? No, the other one. Swiftening. Swiftening. Oh the integrated ad. The, yeah. yeah, the seamlessly but yet very long. I, I kept noting, like, okay, it's going to be done now. I like, wasn't sure. Ads yeah. were that long in those days, I guess. I, and I've it heard was one so or two. seamlessly integrated. I'm glad you're bringing this up because I thought the products themselves seem to elicit another side of the personality of the characters. Is that intentional, right? I was wondering. It's weird that they, they advertised a... Uh... A shortening, though, don't you think? Is that their demographic for crime dramas? Is people making cookies? If it's being broadcast during the work day, so you're you're marketing towards an audience that's going to be doing the grocery shopping. Let's say that, right? Okay, Okay. I see what you're saying. And so you have, you know, it's an action-packed way to pep up your afternoon to hear about these detectives. And so you're making sure that they buy your shortening. That makes sense. Yeah. I felt like this one had a real crime feel. Not that I've solved crimes or been to war, but mm-hmm. I've heard them both described as prolonged stretches of boredom punctuated by bursts of intense action. Yeah, and that guy calling all cars, one yeah. twelve, and the radio. Come on in, calling all cars. We've got a number four pickup. Fred Russell gets mentioned by Fred name Russell. here. Fred Russell. Yeah, he said he's no Fred Russell. So that and was from Jerry that said that. Yes. That's what uh, which, yeah. to me, I found that really a fascinating part of the show. So mm-hmm. Jerry comes back. He's experienced part of the afterlife. He came back as an angel. I know you don't like this theological stuff too much. I don't much, like theological. But do you suppose this idea that the puppet dies... Yeah, and he goes to regular person heaven. Well, or that he's with ventriloquists who are also in the afterlife. Fred Russell is somebody who's died from the golden age of ventriloquy. and ventriloquists. But let me ask you this. Fred Russell, if he was a ventriloquist, where is his dummy? Is he still alive? Oh. Well, maybe they would pair you up because you wouldn't have necessarily like a one-to-one ratio of ventriloquists and dummies dying. So in other words, until Rock dies... So here's the the thing that I'm really trying to get at is, are we experiencing something that the entire city of Large Neck understands to be theologically true, 
Or is this something that Rock has completely invented? This that, is a whole other podcast. That, You're going pretty deep. I'll, I'll look into it before I edit this out. So Buddy Bozeman, uh, let's see if I got this right. He sells newspapers. Sells papers. He writes for newspapers. Yeah. Polishes shoes. Grooms horses. Okay. And also delivers milk bottles. Uh-huh. He also yeah. cleans out pipes. He shovels gravel part-time uh, and about probably about 10 other jobs. Right. He's the most industrious person. Yeah. In the town. Do you think he has to show. fill out a W-2 for every one of those? I don't think they had W-2s back then. Oh, okay. That's a good question. Do street orphans have to pay income tax? And if they don't, we need to... We yeah, need we got to clamp down on that. Well, that. I mean, we missed the opportunity. I don't know if there's too many street orphans selling newspapers That's anymore. Right, yeah. Did you think that the left-handed... Do you think that was talking about communists? Leftists? Ah, lefties. You know, there's a big leftist... Big communist scare in the late 40s into the 50s. That is very intriguing. Yeah, I was reading And they're robbing the bank. The bank could represent money or... Capitalism. Yeah, and they're burning the mortgages, so trying to, like, break down the whole property Mm. system. And then talking about grooming the mayor, that didn't make a lot of sense. Right, you can groom other people. I guess you could groom someone for the mayorship, right? Right, groom them, is what Buddy said, groom them. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting idea. So in other words, if you are grooming people to be the mayor, then you are really the power broker in town. So Sheridan Dundee could actually be pulling all the strings of the puppets in town and government. All right, we nailed it. That is really... uh, We're going to have to listen to the rest of the episodes with this in mind. Yeah, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Anything else you want to mention? It was nice to hear Rock laughing. That was a good thing. Yes, he really, joke. really appreciated the uh, dig at yeah, Blunts really and Williams. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was going to say it wasn't really that funny, but... Well, we're accustomed to a laugh track. And so if there's a moment of levity in mm. the show, which I imagine they, they aimed for, again, the midday listening audience that I'm imagining here needs a little pick-me-up as they're folding their laundry or whatever, oh. preparing dinner. And mm-hmm. then... But they wouldn't have the temerity to throw in a laugh track at that time or did they even have such a thing temerity canned laughter uh i don't know they had the okay. uh, canned shortening swiftening can. i thought that was interesting also they said pick up a can of mm-hmm. shortening yeah this is an alternative to lard uh-huh a vegetable based vegetable based right. shortening right. my guess is that lard was too cheap to sell, so they had to invent something like ah, margarine. processing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what are we going to do with all this extra corn oil that we got left over? What are we going to do with all this lard? How about the fact that you're making something with vegetable oil, right? Mm. And it takes you 20 years, is what the ad said. The Swift scientists have worked for oh, 20, years 20 years to perfect the formula. Okay. Do you imagine that's like nonstop? Like every day they get up in the morning and they're like, we got to. So it's 1925, and you you go to work, and you start working, and then 20 years later, you've... I've got it! Right, right. And they came out with all these iterations where you're like, this is too flaky, it's made the pies too flaky, or there's some off odors. Or not flaky enough, or it's greasy. I will just close with this. If there's anybody out there who knows a little bit more than the average person about the topic of shortening... uh, Shortening experts, yeah. Just... We'll be happy to mention you by name, right in, and we'll further educate the audience on mm-hmm. this little We'll window. talk more about shortening next episode. And I think this is what's so fascinating. We can't, we ab- can't solve this today. About what we're doing. It's a form of anthropology, right? Uh-huh. Where we're digging through the, 
the detritus, the layers of all this culture. Flaky layers. Nobody has given us an actual guidebook to make sense of this. We're just trying to piece it together, yeah, right? There's no cookbook for this. Yeah. That's so cool. we can have a whole... The next episode, we'll talk about shortening, because this is not something we can solve today. We should have done this a little a more research. This is a bigger issue. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to another episode of... Puppet Hunt. With Matt and Lane. Thank you.